This week on the Habs Forum, Montreal Canadiens with a pretty bad loss to the Ottawa Senators. Only a few days removed from a crazy comeback OT win against Tampa Bay. This is the team that beats the Tampa Bay Lightning but loses to the Ottawa Senators. But hey, season's almost over. It's starting to be time to talk about the draft. So like we did last time, uh, I mean, uh, about over a year ago at this point, we're going to look at who the Canadians might uh, be able to draft. And we asked you on Twitter who you think they should take if it can't be Shane Wright. So we're going to talk about the games. We're going to talk about who you guys picked, at, as always, at the House Forum on Twitter if you want to participate in these types of things. Uh, of course, I mean, Jordan Harris uh, and and Baron, like a few players, get to have their first games uh, in the Montreal Canadian uniform. So we're going to talk about that. Carey Price might actually come back before the end of the season. So lots to cover here. So before we get into the, the draft stuff and all that, you know, we still got to focus a little bit on, on the actual games happening this year. So we're not going to go all the way back to, uh, to, to, to since the last game that we uh uh, we, we had a podcast, but I mean, I feel like we have to talk about a 5-4 win in the shootout against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like a, a game that really didn't seem like the Canadians were, were going to win. If you were watching it live, it just they kept going down and then just kept going going back. I mean, really the, the perfect example of the no quit that this team has under Matthew Sinoui. Absolutely. I mean, it's something we've seen, I mean, a handful of times, probably at least half a dozen times the Canadians have come back after going down early and, uh, and I mean, getting their revenge against, <laughs> against the lightning always yeah. even sweeter. But uh, no, I mean, obviously against one of the, one of the top teams, one of the best teams in the NHL for them to come back like that, uh, you know, it wasn't against Vasilevsky, but I mean, still a very impressive win for sure. And, yeah, uh, and even yeah. more impressive to come back. And even even more impressive, they had to once again win and go against a, a questionable call by uh, by Toronto with the, like like I really like at this point it's like like I don't know like I don't know what to think but it really does feel like and I'm sure every team feels that way but it feels like all these calls go go against us like obviously I'm talking about the second goal that made it two nothing for Tampa Bay the goal by Anthony Sorelli it just I don't understand how that's a good goal I really don't. Man, like there's like, like you said, I mean, it always seems like the Habs get the short end of the stick, obviously, except for except for last night, um, the, the Brennan Gallagher goal. But I mean, like, you know, there, there's so many of them that are like, oh, OK, I mean, I guess I can see it. But this I mean, I, I just don't understand. Like he literally like basically like push pushed his uh, push the goalies pad into the net. I mean. No, that 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 one. I mean, to me, is just is about as blatant as it could as it possibly could be. And and once again, I mean, the Canadians, as usual, get the short end of the stick here. And and it's so one of those things. And I know you just said Gallagher had one go his way just uh, just yesterday, but that one was like barely needed to be looked at. Honestly, it's I don't think it's comparable. Like it, it, it's hard not to wonder if Gallagher does the exact same thing Sorelli does on that goal. Is the goal allowed or no? Like, I have a hard time believing it's allowed. I really do. How, how many times this season have we seen a lot less? And, and it be exactly. exactly. And so. It's the lack of consistency, which is the biggest issue. And it's not even because it's like sometimes when there's a lack of consistencies with the calls on the ice as far as like like penalties and and like how hooking is called or, or whatever. It's it, it's the thing is there is that you, you have a different referee crew from game to game. But but when it comes to the, the goal reviews, I mean, I'm sure the referees input still comes into play 
but it's going to Toronto, and, and you, you think there's a team that are kind of usually the same people making these decisions. Like, like what we need is consistency here. It, it, it's just, it just feels so arbitrary, right? And like, like one of these days is going to happen in overtime in the playoffs, and for for deciding goals, it probably has happened already. I'm just not thinking of it right now. But like, it's just, I, it's just so not clear what the rules are supposed to be and i don't see how jake allen is expected to make that save there which is the main point for me it's is it reasonable to expect the goalie to be able to make a save there and it just wasn't like i i can only imagine how he felt about that call oh, absolutely i mean there is absolutely no way for him to stop that one uh, i mean you know like you said i mean with with penalties it's it's one thing that i mean again you know it's different referees and at the same time i mean it's also in the heat of the moment right yeah. when we're talking about a goal yeah. review you take as much time as you want look at it from as many angles as you want for as long as you want i mean th- there's really no excuse to not get it right and and again, I mean, it's it's not just about the halves see, seemingly getting the short end of the stick all the time, but but you want to see that consistency. I mean, it it, it it's it's just a, I don't know. It's it's a bad look for the NHL. I mean, there's there's already enough reasons for the NHL to have a bad look, and this is definitely you know one one of the bigger ones, at least for me. I mean, the one thing I will I will say about as far as saying it's a bad look for the NHL, I think if you listen to a podcast is that is focused on any specific sport they're all going to complain about goal reviews it's it, it seems like no sport can get this right i mean it, it happens every year in the nfl happens every every year in in the nba it's just i i, I don't know what, what it is it's just i guess it's hard to do but i don't it's it, like, like i said it's 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 the, it's the lack of of consistency and it's just uh, even watching the 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 broadcast, the, the like the 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 broadcasters, the play-by-play people that like, first of all, if you if you look at, at at one feed or another feed, they'll have different opinions and they can't figure it out. Like, and they their jobs is to follow the NHL and and they can't figure it out. So I I don't know how you're expected to figure it out if you're a fan. It just it just it makes no sense whatsoever. No, no, definitely definitely disappointing, and you know. It's too bad, and and again, I mean, the Habs always seem to get the short end of the stick, but nah, exactly. I luckily, mean, Gallagher, yeah, luck, luckily worked out for Gallagher yesterday. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But in the end, I mean, win or lose, you, I I you, I just love it these days if you see the the younger players scoring. So this is a game where Caulfield score, scored, Shuneman scored, and then Jesse Lennon scored a, a really a beautiful goal with a great play by by Tyler Pitlick. And I was just watching before the podcast the uh, so so Cole Caulfield was mic'd up for the game, so. You can see his, his his personality really really shine through when he's uh, when he's mic'd up and it actually it brings me back to uh, the uh, I don't know if we talked about this last week or if this happened uh, more and more recently but uh, during an interview uh, Chantal Maccabi who uh, I forget what her exact title is uh, for the Canadians but you know she takes care of like the the press and like just uh, you know just she's kind of like the voice of the Canadians at this point but she she went to uh, to Cole Caulfield and specifically told him uh, after she started and after the change in management and all that to let his personality fly, right? Cause she noticed in interviews and all that at first, he was not giving kind of like, she was, she wasn't seeing the same personality shown to people as what she would see behind closed doors. And, you know, we're not seeing the smile as much and all that. And she told them, we want to see that personality. We want you to, 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 to kind of shine for the camera. Like, well, like we know you can. And it's, it's interesting. Cause she admitted like in the, in this, in this interview, which it, it wasn't French. So I'm paraphrasing that, that Cole Caulfield basically said after she said that, that, uh, 
basically that that's not always how it's been here right so so kind of insinuating that the previous regiment wanted him to kind of just be professional at all times and and just watching him mic'd up and uh, seeing him just being cold, the cold coffee who he is and i think we've all seen it on, at this point after suzuki scores in the shootout he goes bonne nuit bonne nuit tampa uh good night tampa and in, in, in extremely broken french uh but uh but beautiful uh, all, all the same you just how do you not absolutely love this kid ah for sure i mean like that, that's it's, it's obviously disappointing i mean i don't know if that was like a duchamp thing or probably a bergevin thing i uh, probably a bergevin like, thing i would think yeah yeah we think so but yeah, like especially now with with you know a younger team you got and and I mean basically all our stars almost at this point are, are you know younger. I mean guys like Suzuki and and Caulfield and you know Romanov hopefully uh, coming up. I mean all you know these guys have a lot of personality and, and you know you you that's what you want to see. You know it's, hockey players are known for you know being <laughs> being as blind as they come. Oh, so and, someone. You know, but my girlfriend always cracks up laughing when there's those interviews in between periods. And I, I don't even notice it because I just kind of tune them out at this point. Because, but she always points it out. She's always like – she won't even be watching the game. And she's like, what, what, what was that? He didn't say anything. And they always say the same thing every single interview. They're just so, so, so trained and just refuse to show any any personality. And it's such an old guard kind of way of dealing with it. It's just not what modern sports are. It's not how you grow a game, right? Like that, th- that's what blows up the most on social media th- these days, more so than even the, the, the highlights. It's, it's, it's the funny clips and all that. I, I remember even way back when, when I was, a when I was a kid watching Luke Robitaille and obviously every time Luke Robitaille was in, uh, was playing in Montreal, uh, as a visitor, right. Cause he, he spent his career in like LA and, and the Rangers, if I'm not mistaken, since he's a French Canadian, he would often be interviewed by RDS or TQS, even at the time or whatever. And I remember as a kid, I loved him just cause he was funny. Like he would just, he would just joke around with the guys and he wouldn't just give the same. And as a kid who at the time maybe didn't care as much about hockey, wasn't as focused on it, I would get almost more excited by by when Luke Robitaille would show up just to give an interview because I was like, I can't wait to see the, the, the what he's going to say. You know, like that's good for the game. It should be encouraged at all costs. Ah, for sure. I mean, that that's, you know, like you said, that's when you were a kid. And, and now we have guys like Caulfield and Trevor Zegris, you know, guys that, that are going to get kids excited to to watch hockey and play hockey. And, you know, that's that's how you're going to grow the game. It's not going to be by giving these bland interviews. And and, you know, I mean, you know, when you see Trevor Zegris score in the Michigan goal, I mean, that gets people excited, too. I mean, so, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's exactly. what hockey needs for sure. Exactly. Exactly. If, if the game wants to grow. It's just, but it's just another example of clearly and we, we kind of knew, but maybe we didn't realize how bad it was. Just there the, the really needed to be a change out of the Bergevin regimen because it was really a group that was stuck in kind of the stone ages when it came to both how they viewed how the game should be played and just how players should interact with fans and 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 what because that's an extremely important like we see it in everyday life even that that the employees because that's what the, the players are they're employees right and they, like they have to be able to 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 just be happy at work you know like you got to let the players not be miserable and be able to just be themselves and not put them in in a box but per se and just let them be who they want to be so i mean just when i heard that by by chantal like not only the fact that chantal mckebby said that to caulfield but she went out and in an interview 
made a point to say it. So now she's saying it publicly, which which means something to the players because they they see that too, and it, it kind of re- reinforces the idea that just be you. Like this is not a team anymore. That if you like, whether it's on the ice, you make one mistake and then you get punished for ten games after that, or if you say one wrong thing, or or maybe if you're a, a player that's too much personality and maybe you wear a hat with your branding on it, you get traded away. Cough, PK, Subban, cough. Like maybe stuff like that doesn't happen anymore. You know, like like it, the players are actually allowed to to have fun. I mean, I I I I know you're not a basketball fan, but like I think of of uh, of the, of the Raptors and how they handle their plays. They grew uh, as a product in Toronto because they have such personality with their players and they encourage their players to, to have their own brand. And they have like one of their places, he's not there anymore, but Serge Ibaka had his, had his own videos where it was like a cooking show and he was encouraged to do that. Whereas I, I can't imagine Bergman allowing his, his players to do something like that. that. That's what modern, modern sports is, I think, or of, uh, Alfonso Davies, who, who's been injured and not being able to play with team Canada for, uh, qualifying for the uh, the World Cup of Soccer, but he's on uh, he's on Twitch streaming his reactions to it, and it, it's blowing up on social media. And you have people from all around the world watching him crying because Canada made made the the World Cup for the first time. That's the type of interactions people want with their their players these days. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, it's just a you know a sign of, th- of things to come for sure. I mean, uh, let's let's get Caulfield mic'd up more often for sure. <laughs> He should just be permanently mic'd up at all times, honestly. <laughs> I mean, he knew for sure he was mic'd up. Like these players, they 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 they're very aware of the fact they're mic'd up when they are. So I'm, I'm sure he he doesn't say "bunny" after every uh, OT wins. But uh, I mean, you, you got to love that he had the the foresight for that. So, anyways, mo- moving on from the the Tampa win to the the loss yesterday against Ottawa. I mean. Uh, I, I joked in our group chat yesterday. It's kind of the perfect result. You get you get a goal, another goal from Caulfield. Uh, you get the first uh, career goal from uh, Justin Barron. A beautiful goal, might I might I add too. And a loss to another team that's at the bottom of the standings. And at this point, let's just be honest with ourselves. Um, not that I wanted to lose yesterday when I was watching, because I do hate the Ottawa Senators. But it's probably for the best that they did lose. But uh, just. Uh, a team that really makes it easy to hate them, eh? the Ottawa Senators. It's, it's just so easy to hate them. Oh my God, for sure. I mean, it's been, I mean, you know, obviously we're going to talk about this, Brendan Gallagher's comments, but I mean, I think, uh, you know, definitely all Habs fans and I think everyone around the, the league is starting to to see, you know, what, what kind of guy uh, Tim Stutzla is, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate doing stuff like, you know, I I get that you're like trying to draw the penalty, but like he just takes it to a whole other level. <laughs> no, it's it's just too much, man. It's it's just yeah. like you're first. It's it's one thing to like let yourself fall down for there to be a penalty, not fight to not fall, but to like act like you're injured on the ice. It's just yeah. it's just pathetic, and and it's so bad that if you go on like the subreddits or or if if you go like on on the message boards and all that, I was even seeing Ottawa fans. Being like, uh, yeah, I kind of get where Galley's coming from because that—that's how bad Stutzla is with it. That—that—that's that, what it is. I was happy to hear him finally get booed in the Bell Center. Now that we have fans there to to witness him do do that, ridiculous. Those ridiculous. Like, not that the hit from Suzuki wasn't a penalty. It absolutely huh. was a penalty. And if I was an Ottawa fan, I'd be upset at the hit, even though I don't think Suzuki did it on purpose. It was. Maybe you can say it was careless or or whatever, but man, there's no need for that. And then he stays on the ice for the power play. Like he shouldn't be allowed to stay on the ice for the power play if he's acting like that on the ice. Honestly, 
No, that's true. Uh, no, nah, it's it's just sad, man. Like, yeah, and it, you, you know, I I would think too that like you know if if it was a Montreal Canadiens player that was constantly doing stuff like that, I I probably I don't think I'd be too happy about it either. But you know, I mean, he's he's obviously a great player, but it's something that hopefully you know, I mean, he's still a young kid. He's uh, I think twenty or twenty one years old, so. Hopefully, eventually, uh, he'll smarten up a little bit. But uh, I mean, you would think that the refs by now would like know what know what he's all about. But For sure. uh, yeah, I, I, I was reading about there was a game recently. I think it was against the Rangers where he did it three times, and finally, in the third time, he was called. And like, I, don't, I feel like refs don't love calling the embellishing thing, you know, because maybe if, if they call it, but then it, you can see that it's not really embellishing. They kind of look like like idiots. But, I mean, I think this is a great example because if you look at the Ottawa Senators and, and, and versus the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, they're both kind of uh, in, a, in a rebuilding phase. Ottawa seems like they've been doing it for a, a long time, so it's understandable that maybe they're, they're, they're a little bit more advanced a few because they, they have a few more young players. Uh, they, that they can rely on. But th- this is kind of an example of a team that went full rebuild and didn't hold on to really any veterans, so to speak. I mean, y- y- you look at this team, that they have some older players, but not players that were ever necessarily that established that you would see as, as really leaders. I mean, Brady Kachuk is the captain, which he's only 22 and he's just, he's the type of person that he is. I mean, it is what it is, but it's like what, what Gallagher said uh, in 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 the, in the press conference, that if if it was on his team, he would tell him to smarten up, right? Because that's it comes back to what we've talked about in the past that you don't want to get rid of every veteran. I mean, honestly, I think even if the Canadians wanted to with the contract some of these have, uh, they probably wouldn't be able to anyways. But I think it's a good thing if you hold on to like let's say you can't move Gallagher because of his contract. And you need to hold on to him, but you're able to get rid of a Mike Hoffman and Armia and all that. But I don't think that's bad. You know, it's it's good to hold on to some of those leaders like Gallagher, like like Paul Byron and like Joel Edmondson. It's it, you can't just go full youth, or else you you turn into a team like the Ottawa Senators, who maybe they they're a bit more advanced in their development, but they're they're still trash on the ice. You know. No, for sure. Uh, definitely. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, like you said, you don't want to get rid of all the veterans, of course, um, and. You know, I mean, yeah, you, you bring up Ottawa, but I mean, like, I think another pretty good example of that was even Edmonton in the past, right? Where they were yeah. basically awful for, you know, the better part of a decade, maybe even longer. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I think we, with the flashes that we've seen this year, I mean, it might not be as as long of a turnaround as, as we expect. So, I mean, yeah, Gallagher is probably one of the guys that uh, we wouldn't mind trading if if possible, even though it would really obviously suck to see him go. But, you know, some of the other guys that are around, like even David Savard, who, who's really turned it around, and, and, yeah. and obviously Joel Edmondson as well. Uh, Paul Byron, obviously, is another guy that well, you probably wouldn't be able to move him either if you even if you wanted to. But, uh, no, you got to have that veteran leadership for sure. I mean, and Paul Byron has only one year after this year. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but yeah, I mean, he's always injured anyway at this point, which is uh, which which is really unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, you, you got to hold on to some of it. But the the thing about the quick turn of turnaround, though, I mean, there's been a quick turnaround as far as like they've been performing a lot better offensively. There's no quit in this team. They 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 could be down by two three goals and they're gonna come back against a much better team. But the defense, I mean, look, there's a lot of kids on the back end. There's a ton of injuries and. But man, they're, they're just, just like, I don't want to crap on Schooneman too much because he's been very, very solid, but just past it, 
straight to the Ottawa Senators on one of the goals yesterday. And, like, there, there, there's just a, a, a lot of bad, 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 bad turnovers. Now, I, I don't know if it's just a result of being such a young defensive core or if it's just maybe there's there's something about the system they're trying to, to run as far as getting the puck out of the zone. But I when I look at the, this defense and I want the kids to play, like I want next year to have like, like Romanov keeps playing a lot of minutes, Jordan Harris, maybe playing on the team. Like maybe if like, you know, maybe Baron starts on in the AHL, then comes and plays up, like depending on the moves, if they move away Petrie, but there's going to be a need to be a big turnaround with the way this, this defensive unit plays in the defensive zone. If, if there's going to be a quick turnaround, like we've been talking about, because it's been, it's been rough out there. It's been rough. No, that's for sure. I mean, especially especially last night there against Ottawa it was it, it was ugly. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot of Ottawa's not a good team. Let's let's be no. clear here. It's 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 not. It's one thing if Tampa Bay turns the puck over. It's the Ottawa Senators we're talking about. No, exactly. Uh, but yeah, you know, it it is really to be expected with with so many young young guys at this point in the back line. I mean, uh, you know, uh, they're obviously. I mean, especially until the end of the season, they're going to get all the all the chances they can to, yeah, to yeah. basically try to make the team next year um you know are we really going to be starting with all these young guys next year i mean you know sh- i don't know <laughs> romanov obviously uh you know harris is looking pretty good baron you know obviously had the goal last night well he's injured now though unfortunately but uh, yeah, you know I he's, mean, he's just... sort of had his up and ups and downs but the injury bug this year though man like you know we beat the record for most a man game is lost, right? Yeah, I mean, like, well, I'm not even surprising. Right? <laughs> but, but, and like by a lot, and like you, some might argue that Shea Weber shouldn't count, but if you t- look at the team that like that, that that had it before us, which was the LA Kings, they they had a player on that team too that that, that didn't play a single game and never played again that was counted, right? So like, and Justin Barron comes back, scores a great goal, and like here's the thing, like like I I like I said, I don't want to crap on the defense too much because I am loving what I'm seeing. From both both Justin Barron and Jordan Harris, and even Romanov at times is 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 looking fantastic. But then the next shift, like he, he does a little boneheaded play. It's it's the grown pains. It's 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 gonna happen. But I mean, seeing the the puck moving that this these young kids can do. I mean that that goal by Barron, like him being able to kind of skate along the blue line and like th- those types of plays that we, we haven't seen from defensemen in Montreal since Markov and PK Subban left. Right, like like what's who who have been the skilled defensemen on the back end? There's just haven't been have, haven't been any. Like Mete was a good skater, but you know he was still Victor Mete. Like, like let's be honest here. But I mean that goal by Baron was beautiful. And Jordan Harris in only two games. I mean he I am very impressed with Jordan Harris. He seems extremely confident in his abilities, and he's just a smooth skater. And he just I, the way he's it's only two games, but the way I, he he's played so far this season. If he has a good off season where he works hard, I'd be surprised that he doesn't start the year in 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 Montreal next year because uh, he he just he just looks ready to be in the NHL at this point. I think. Yeah. No. Absolutely. He definitely he looks NHL ready. Yeah. I mean, just the way that he skates and his puck moving ability. I mean, is is I mean, like you said, I mean, something that we obviously haven't seen in ages from the Canadians. Uh, you know, I mean, just Justin Barron. I mean, obviously that fantastic goal yesterday i mean the confidence that he showed scoring that goal was yeah. was fantastic um you know he he obviously is a little bit younger too i mean he's you know there's been those good moments but there there's also been those uh some bad moments with him as well 
Um, you know, I, I'm not too sure that he'll start the start next season necessarily in Montreal, but uh, he's he definitely has he's shown a lot of potential and he's probably got uh, got a bright future ahead of him. But Jordan Harris, I mean, yeah, like like you said, I mean, obviously a very small sample size at this point, but and it's uh, he's definitely looking pretty good. That's for sure. Because you look at Barron, you look at Harris, uh, you look at uh, obviously. Um, Jeez, oh, what's his name again? The the top right, Caden Gooley. You look at, I mean, even Norlander when it was dropped off a little bit for for some people. You, you got to think that there's going to be one, if not two, making the first the the day one roster next year. Like it, like it's going to be competitive at camp, but like I don't think I think that their plan. They're not all going to play, obviously, but I think their plan going into it is going to be that at least one, maybe two of those guys is going to make the team and just let them go at it during camp, you know, show us who's the most ready. And if you don't, if you're not the most ready, it's fine. You, you can go, you can go play in Laval and get a little bit better, but it, it's going to be very, very, very interesting to watch how, how the blue line shapes up. Uh, like, especially if they move Jeff Petrie in the off season and depending if they do make an acquisition, a lot of exciting young defensemen to be excited, like uh, young defensemen to be excited about. And just with the puck moving ability, it's just so refreshing. I've been talking about this. For, for since we started the podcast, that this is what the Canadians have been lacking, and ho- if only one of them can develop in a legitimate like s- top puck moving defenseman, not maybe not number one overall, even if he's, just, if he's just a power play specialist or something, just a guy that just a guy that can move the puck and also play defense. Is that too much to ask? I, I'd be so happy. <laughs> it was too much to ask out of Bergevin, but of course, <laughs> but. It's uh well I mean I guess that's not really fair I mean he did draft Jordan Harris and yeah. Norlander and and Gooley <laughs> so but uh but no I mean definitely uh, the the future's looking pretty bright I mean the Canadians yeah they'll probably have a couple of a young you know solid defensemen next year they'll I'm sure you know obviously presumably they're gonna have Edmondson and Savard back next season maybe they add yeah. another uh, veteran defenseman there as well Petrie's probably done but. Uh, I mean, definitely the Laval Rocket are going to have a pretty solid defense next year, too. Very, very solid defense. And that, now what I keep hearing about everyone talking about the, the, the these young defensemen. So, so once again, Justin Barron, Romanov, Harris, uh, Gooley, got Norlander. Everyone's talking about how it's a great group of number two to number five, but there's no number one there. And, and I, I get that they're not none of them are like surefire number ones. But it's not like every – like if you look at the – historically who's won, for example, the Norris. Now, not that I'm saying any of these things going to win the Norris, but it's not like they were all picked first or second overall. Like players develop and grow in their NHL. Is it that crazy to think that one of these four or five young defensemen could develop into becoming a number one defenseman in the NHL? Is is that that crazy of a take? No, I mean we all know like you know the defensemen typically mature – and you know progress a little bit later on right you know they sort of hit their prime a little bit later on it it's obviously a big adjustment dealing with the bigger bodies the faster guys uh you know it's 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 definitely going to be a tough adjustment but uh you know i mean Caden Gooley, he's you know i mean i think from what we've seen so far i mean he he's definitely looked like now obviously i'm not saying he's going to win the norris but i mean i think he could potentially potentially be that top guy down the road uh you know i We'll see. Obviously, he's only 19, 20 years old right now, but of course, of course, a lot of guys with a lot of potential. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, th- there's no reason to like I. 
because like if we're going to talk about the, the draft later and I know a lot of people like, like to talk about a few of defensemen that look really good in the draft that could be potential to draft and I'm not against that either but it's just uh, th- these young defensemen that we already have if just a few of them become like even if they if you end up having like a lot of depth on defense and, and you, you can just play your guys equal minutes and all that I don't know I'm, I'm just it, it's nice to feel good about the because not so long ago I didn't feel that good about the, def, the defensive prospects on this team but it's it's looking a, a, a lot a lot better for him for this team so I don't know like watching Harrison and Barron play I mean I, I'm, I'm I'm very hopeful Romanov keeps getting better and all that they just they, they just – I don't know if there needs to be a change as far as the coaching for the defense and all that because there is a lot of turnovers. But I guess that's a growing pain uh, being a team that's uh, that's rebuilding because I don't know. Do you think they sign – let's say they trade, trade away Jeff Petrie. Do you think they sign a veteran defenseman to, to add after Petrie is gone or is, are Savard and Edmondson the two veteran guys and then you know you let the, the, the kids take over the rest of the minutes? I mean I, I would think that they'd – I mean they could potentially – you know, just keep all, uh, keep Chris Weidman. Um, but I mean, you know, if they don't, I would expect them probably to bring in another veteran defenseman. Uh, yeah. you know, cause I mean, you want to have, you know, cause I mean, if you only have Edmondson and, uh, and Savard, then, you know, you're basically going with four or five essentially rookie defense. Well, Romanov, I guess no, is Romanov at this point, he's playing the most minutes on the team and they're saying we and all that. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, he's still uh, what, like twenty-one years old, so. Yeah, no, fair enough. He's twenty-two, but yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just like it's it's one of those things where I'm excited for the, the the future in two three years, but depending on how they they, they what they do with this defensive core in the off season, the idea that they might be able to right away make be better next year, like I'm not too sure anymore, honestly. But we might have another year of being pretty much at the bottom. It depends also how Carey Price is when he's back. So, I don't know. So many question marks. So little time. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, before we move on from the Ottawa game, the one last thing I want to talk about, Caulfield with another goal. And any game that Caulfield scores scores a goal, I'm happy. I, I, I want him to get to 20, if not 25. At the pace he's going, he should, he should easily uh, easily get there. But it, it was at the top of the, the, the Hab subreddit today, and someone kind of – put together what he did on the goal. So fakes the one timer kind of opens up a little bit and then, and then scores the goal, which maybe should have been a save. But I think, I think the goalie was expecting a, a one timer, which is probably what threw him off. But there was a, a moment at practice a few days ago where you see St. Louis and, uh, and Caulfield are having kind of like a one-on-one and St. Louis is showing him exactly what he did on that play. And, Stuff like that to me, like we've talked about it time and time again, is enough for me to keep Santa Wee on. Like even if you were to tell me Santa Wee's not going to be the head coach after this year because uh, it was only in and they had another guy in line for head coach, I still want him to be around Cole Caulfield permanently. Even if it's just oh, yeah. for Caulfield, I want him on the team because the, the, what he's done to this kid is just absolutely amazing. And clearly Caulfield eats it up. He absolutely eats it up. Whatever he says – he he'll go do it immediately on on the on the next shift. Like nothing better could have happened for Caulfield's career than Saint Louis. I, I I truly believe that at this point. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and again, I mean, I don't I don't think it's necessarily just Caulfield either. I mean, I think so many players yeah. who who had such a terrible beginning of the season have, have really turned it around. But but certainly it it definitely starts with Cole Caulfield. And and yeah, when I saw that goal, I mean, like I I thought that was just amazing. Like to show the maturity of you know so many players and not just young players just would just 
do the one timer, try to get it yeah. through to the defenseman, and it probably goes back the other way. Yeah. But to to do that move, have the patience and the confidence to do that, and and yeah, yeah, probably should have been <laughs> should have been a save, but uh, but still, I mean, a fantastic play and and absolutely, and Martin Saint Louis, you'd have to think is is here to stay. Yeah, he, he's if he wants to, he, he he's gonna stay. And he seems to be enjoying his time as, as as the coach. I mean, I, I do think though that like he's done a great job with the offense, but like I keep talking about, there are definitely still some holes on defense, and maybe there needs to be a change there too, to who the the coach is for the defense. But he can stay on to to, to run the offense uh, for for as long as yeah, as long as he wants. But uh, yeah, like like I just talked about, like for next year, the, the, one of the big things to determine how good the team is is if Price is healthy and plays the whole year. But it, it sounds like he's probably gonna play before the end of the year, so he's he he's going on the trip to uh, I believe they're going to New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he, if he's going on the trip, usually it means that he's almost ready to go. It's, it, it doesn't sound like he's gonna play right away, but. I, I, at this point, I, are you surprised at this point of the season he's going to play some games, or do you think it's good for him to get a, to get some games in before the end of the season? I mean, I don't, I don't. I, again, I've said this so many times. I'm, I'll believe it when I see it, when he actually plays. Um, you know, I, I guess it's not too surprising that he, you know, probably wants to get a couple of games in before the end of the season. Um, assuming that he is going to be back at some point next season. Uh, you know, what do you mean assuming he's going to be back? He's always going to be back. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe he's going to retire. Who knows? Who the hell knows what's going on with Carey Price? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess he probably wants to get in a few games just before the end of the season. But why and, would he be traveling with the team? Like, I can't, like, there's no way, like yeah. if he's not ready against New Jersey, there's no way Carey Price is for his game back is a Saturday in Toronto, right? Like, the, that's impossible. Uh, no. Right? Well, you, no, probably not. He, like, no, you wouldn't think so. That, that would be, unless that's, like, what he wants. Like, yeah, I don't know. It would be pretty <laughs> amazing if he just comes back in Toronto and just, like, pitches a shutout. <laughs> you know, that would be, <laughs> like, it's such, a, like, a, an amazing moment. But you'd think he'd be back home. And it would be great to, 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 to have him play a game in front of the fans because you know he's going to have an incredible incredible ovation from the fans once he steps back on on the ice and i mean I, if he's ready to go i'm 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 happy to have him play a game uh like a few games before the end of the season because it, it might be good for him to because just just so it's not as long in between games right to, to cut in in, the, in between there so if he's ready to go i mean i say i say i say why not and just put him in and and uh, and and see how it goes and see see what we have in, in carry price uh, moving forward, I'm uh, I'm excited to see him. And like I said, now that the, the now that the fans are back, you might be just be excited to to play in front of a full uh, full Bell Center. I mean, when Justin Barron scored his goal, the cheer that he got is just like I forgot how 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 this fan base is. You know, like this team is still in last place, and uh, they're not playing a very good game against Ottawa. But the 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 fan base is aware that Justin Barron is a new kid that just came in. And just gave him such an ovation for his first goal in the NHL, and th- that's the type of stuff that motivates players to to stick with the Canadians and and just you know play for for the team. You know, I just I, I you just love to see it. So if, if Price can get can get a win in front of the in front of the Bell Center crowd before the end of the season, I'll be very very happy. Yeah, no, definitely, it would be a great moment for sure. And yeah, it's, you know, hopefully we do see him uh, at least a couple of games before the end of the season and. 
And, you know, hopefully he can hit the ground running next season if and when he does come back. And I, I keep saying it. If he is ready to go next year and he's coming back after a full year of rest, I don't know. Just with what we've seen with Price is that rest is good for him. So I, I'll be very curious to see how uh, how he performs. But it's coming to an end. It's like barely a month left, right? There's like three and a half weeks left to the to the season. So it's uh it's, it's really almost uh, almost over now and, and then we get to count down the days to the to the draft so that's uh that's always a good time <laughs> yep yeah get me the draft and uh, and possibly some trades and free agency we'll see i mean yeah i just i really have no idea what they're gonna do in, in free agency i really don't know like are, are they gonna go for or are they gonna try to sign big players uh, or are, are they going to go for another year of rebuild? Uh, it's like I have—I I honestly have no idea. I—I I can't wait to see how the, how, how they treat it. I mean, the, the only thing we know is that Petrie is likely going to get traded. But aside from that, I—I could—I couldn't—I couldn't guess. Like I couldn't put money on it. You know, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I—I th- I think it's more going to be trades that we'll probably see. Um, you know, as opposed to, I mean, I don't necessarily expect them to, uh, to go out and sign any big free agents or anything like that, but, uh, but, uh, no, it's, it's definitely going to be an exciting, uh, exciting summer. Not probably I mean, not as exciting as last summer, but I mean, Jeff Gordon's the one who signed Panner in, in, uh, in New York, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think so. That was kind of, uh, that kind of, maybe that's his, his strategy, right? You, you, you build a, a core of good young players through trades, but you make that one big splash that now is there a Panarin available in free agency? This year's a whole other question. It might be significantly easier to attract free agents to New York than it is to Montreal, but you know, it's just, it, maybe that's his kind of his, his way of doing things. But then even if that is what he wants to do, You'd think that it's not this year. It's maybe next year or even the year after. So I, I don't. I don't think he's in a rush. I don't. I really don't. But I'm, I'm still. I'm still excited to to see it. Uh, and then, anyways, aside from that, I mean, Suzuki and Caulfield share the Molson Cup. I mean, you love to see it just for the photo ops of them both standing there with the cup, saying they're going to cut it in half and all that. It's just. I mean, if it wasn't for these two kids, like, I mean, what would we be watching on the ice? I mean, we're, we're so lucky to have them. And just, and the fact that they're, they seem like they're, they're best buddies already is just amazing. No, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to watching them play together for the next, uh, you know, hopefully over a decade. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for uh, sure. And you know, they seem like the type that they're going to have kind of an internal kind of competition with with the Molson Cup right and see who can win it the most and all that like like you definitely get that feeling with uh with those two uh and then uh, the other news is Emil Heinemann signed uh, his uh, entry-level contract of course uh, Heinemann was uh, acquired in the Toffoli trade uh I mean if I'm being completely honest I don't know that much about Emil Heinemann but uh, looking forward to seeing see what he can do in the Habsburgs I mean they, they've added so many young players it's hard to keep track with all of them honestly no absolutely hopefully another guy that'll uh that hopefully should be joining the rocket next season. Um, and I mean, once again, I mean, they're going to have a good, well, they have a good team right now. And then, I mean, they, the, the rocket's just going to be even a, more of a must watch over the next couple of seasons. So uh, excited, excited for that for sure. All right. And now speaking of prospects and the draft and all that, so we decided to do a little bit like we did uh, a year ago or is it two years ago at this point, but we've done this before is the point is where we want, we, we did it for the Lafreniere draft basically, but we want, we wanted to know who you guys wanted the Canadians to draft if it can't be Shane Wright. I think maybe not everyone thinks Shane Wright is number one because there's been talk about that, but I think it's pretty much consensus. If the Canadians win the lottery, it's, it's Shane Wright and, 
then we move on. But odds are, even if they do finish last, they won't get the first overall pick. So we sent out a, a, a tweet at the Habs Forum on Twitter to see who you guys would like us to pick. Before uh, we talk uh, t- talk about him, though, I want to do what we used to do last year. And, of course, only I can see this. But I'm using tankathon.com, which allows us to simulate the lottery based on the current odds. We, I like to do it every time we talk about Let's see for today where we would be picking. And the worst possible scenario, Buffalo wins the, 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 the draft and Seattle is second and Montreal is third. But if Montreal picks third, there is a chance they could get this player that you guys all voted for. Overwhelmingly, the, the, the poll was in favor of Yuri Slikovsky, the big Slovak that did really, really good at the Olympics. And not too surprising of a pick, but not maybe the one we would all assume would be the second choice for people. So, so, so tell us why we should be excited about Yuri Slikovsky, if that's who the Canadians end up drafting. I mean, first of all, you know, they're, they're no matter who they draft, they're going to get a, a solid, solid prospect. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys are, are pretty different. Well, at least the three choices that we had are, are obviously pretty different players. Slavkovsky, yeah. you know, he's, uh, I believe, six, six foot three, six foot four winger, um, you know, a great score. And obviously he showed that off in the Olympics. Um, you know, I, I believe he was a top scorer in the Olympics five, with five or six goals. So he, he's, he would be an absolute fantastic addition to the Canadians. I mean, I can, I can just imagine for the next over a decade, Slavkovsky playing, uh, you know, on the wing, uh, with, uh, Suzuki and Caulfield that, 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 that could be a pretty solid first line for the next, uh, for the next 10, 15 years, for sure. That, I mean, so no, no real surprise there that, uh, that, you know, that well, our, our listeners would choose Slavkovsky just because of, you know, the, the goal scoring potential that he has and, and that, you know, that really power forward sort of winger, I mean, would, would obviously be great and, and really something the Canadians are kind of lacking. So I think definitely that pick probably makes, would make a lot of sense for the Habs. And, and apparently from, you know, from some of the rumors, Gorton and, um, and Hughes are really intrigued and really excited about Slavkovsky. So I, I would say he's probably the most likely player to be drafted by the Canadians. If, if they don't get the first pick or you mean overall, if you look at the odds and everything, uh, no, I mean, I, I think they, Shane Wright has but to be like the, the odds pick. are they don't get first overall, but you, like, let's say the, the Canadians pick like third or fourth because it, it can't happen. Do, do you think Slikovsky is available there or do you think other teams are going to pick him up before the Canadians? Because Nemec is pretty popular. I guess it depends on the team. If they wanted a defenseman, they go for Nemec. Logan Cooley, I think, I feel like for a long time, Logan Cooley was seen as the number two after Shane Wright, no? Yeah, Logan Cooley definitely seems to sort of be the consensus number two pick. Um, I, I think a lot of that probably has to do with just the fact that he's a center. Um, and, and typically centers are are much more highly rated than wingers. Yeah. So that, that probably has a lot to do with it. But, I mean, Logan Cooley is definitely an extremely talented center as well. He's, you know, he, he showed that he's having a great season this year so far with the U.S. national development team. So, he would definitely be a, a great pick as well. I mean, again, you're you're not going wrong with any of these guys. Simon Nemich is 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 a fantastic right-handed defenseman, a guy that the Canadians could, you know, even though they do have obviously Justin Barron now, they have Logan Mayu as well as a right-handed defenseman, but um, he could definitely round out that uh, that defense core or that young defense core well, for sure. He, I'm assuming he would be the, the number one that people are saying the Canadians don't have right now, right? Like, which is with the guy that projects to really be a true number one defenseman. Uh, if you're getting picked third overall as a, as a D-man, usually you're expected to be a top number one defenseman. 
Yeah, he would definitely have that potential, certainly, to step in and be that. Uh, you know, he's a big body, too. I think he's 6'3 or 6'4, if I'm not mistaken. So he he's he would be solid for sure. And and yeah, definitely potential to be that top uh, but, that top D man. So so who 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 would be your pick? Would your pick be Yuri Slavkovsky if the Canadians can't get Shane right? It's 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 so hard. Like I I hesitate between Nemich and Slavkovsky personally. Uh, I mean it's it's tough to turn down that goal scare. I know the last the last episode when you asked me, I said I said Nemich, but. Right now, I'm going to say Slavkovsky just because of that goal scoring potential, I mean, uh, is is just so tempting. And, and to have I mean, him with Kovsky. It sounds like it really goes back and forth, though. Like, it, 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 it yeah. really, really does go back and forth. And, and like, part of me thinks that, I mean, because the, the, I really love what we have already on, on defense for prospects. And if you look at the top 10 prospects, it, it's it's very, very defense heavy, right? There, there's, there's more of a lack of forwards. But then the, the two top young players already on the team are Caulfield and, and, and Suzuki, right? Um, I, I guess it's not prospects at this point, but you know what I mean. So I don't know. It's it, it's hard to say. I, I am a little hesitant about going for a winger with uh with the top pick because I don't know. You don't see it that often, and 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 I really think the t- Canadians had such a hard time having solid centermen for a long time, and then they they had a solid centermen uh, unit for for one year, made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, and now we're right back to having Nick Suzuki and it taking kind of a fall. I mean, Shane Wright will obviously be the best pick, obviously, for the Canadians because there really needs to be another another sentiment under, like, in between Suzuki and uh, and Dvorak. So, like, part of me wonders if you know, even a Logan Cooley is, is, is a better pick because you want to go get the sentiment, but then getting that top defenseman forever. I mean, like you said, the point is there's no reason to be upset. If, if the Canadians get any of these, like, top three, top four guys, there's really no reason to be upset. No, definitely not. I mean, he, no matter what happens, they're going to get a very solid player. Um, you know, be it be a center like Logan Cooley or Matthew Savoy, or you know, be it be it a defenseman Simon Nemich or David Yurichek, or the winger Slavkovsky and or Joachim Kemmel. I mean, they're all all very very solid players. And at the end of the day, I mean, the Canadians are going to get a, a fantastic new addition to the uh, to the to the farm. But outside of Shane, right? These are probably not players they're going to. Step in right away, right? Like he, he, Shane Wright nah, probably, probably would play right away because he seems to be bored in the uh, in the uh, in juniors. But uh, outside of Shane Wright, probably not, right? No, I de- I definitely would not see any other any of the other players stepping right in next year. I mean, Slavkovsky is already a giant, so I guess that that helps a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, I mean maybe, but no, nah, I, I, you know, I, th- I think he'd probably stay over, uh, stay over in Europe, and uh, I mean Logan Cooley, I'm pretty, I forget what university he's going to, and uh, I mean Nemich definitely would would stay over there as well. So, no, I mean I don't think uh, any any of the other ones are are going to make the jump, you know, over the next year. Fair enough. I mean I guess it all depends on the camp. I mean we never thought Kakinyemi was going to make the team, but then. Argument can definitely be made that he shouldn't have made the team <laughs> at, uh, at this point, but I mean, I mean, good stuff. I mean, I, I'm, at this point, because now that the trade deadlines pass and all that, I mean, the, the games are still fun. But like, I'm really looking forward to to seeing the draft and seeing who the Canadians are are going to pick. It's uh, it, it's it's exciting because it could really shape this team for uh, for a for a very very long time. And uh, finally, before we uh, we end today, Rocket and the Lion give us an update on how they're doing. Both still in the playoff race. So the the Laval Rocket, uh, they they were on a bit of a roll. They did lose two games this weekend uh, against the good Abbotsford team. It was uh, Vancouver's farm team. 
still sitting in second spot though. So, so that's good. Um, and same thing with the lions. They've sort of been playing fi- about 500 hockey the last, uh, really the last month or so. And, uh, and they're just, just barely in a playoff spot right now, sitting in fourth. Uh, so, you know, I mean, they're winding down their seasons right now, uh, uh, you know, heading into the final month of the season, but hopefully we, you know, obviously we're not going to see playoff hockey with the Habs, but hopefully we can see some, uh, rocket and lions playoff hockey for the first time. I mean that 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 would be fantastic. It, it's shocking to me that the lion or lions are, can make the playoffs because we went to the first game and it was such a disaster. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's I guess one game doesn't mean everything, right? Yeah, they got off to a pretty rough uh, rough beginning of the season, but uh, they turned it around. Uh, they've struggled, like I said. I mean, they've struggled a little bit the last little while, but. Uh, but uh, hopefully they can keep it up and uh, and make the playoffs. I mean that that obviously be a great uh, yeah I mean, it definitely be a positive positive way for uh, to end the first season in Lions history. All right, sounds good. So I think that does it for uh, for this week's episode. We should definitely get at least one more episode in before uh, before the end of the season. I know we haven't been very consistent this year, depending how the Canadians are doing. But as always, follow us. At the Habs Forum on Twitter to know when the next episode drops. Ask us any questions you have or participate in the Twitter poll that Dustin puts out a few hours before the podcast. Very, very exciting stuff, if I do say so. So, as uh, as always, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next time.